Hi, this is Sedge Thompson. Welcome to this special audio highlights podcast from West Coast Live. For more information about our shows and other guests and podcasts, wcl.org. My next guest on West Coast Live is a native of Michigan, uh, but she has uh, been here for many years in the, uh, in the West Coast. Her first book, Mama, was self-published in 1992. Her third novel, Waiting to Exhale, uh, was on the New York Times bestseller list for months and months. It later became a film with uh, Whitney Houston. Her other books include How Stella Got Her Groove Back. She's had a very um, exciting personal life, which may or may not be on your radar. And she has a new novel out in which we, of course, you know, see the, uh, the great characters who are in waiting uh, to exhale. We have back Savannah, Gloria, Bernadine, and Robin, 15 years older. Are they any wiser? Who knows? <laughs> Please welcome Terry McMillan to West Coast Live. Hi, nice to see you again. Hello. Hello. You don't remember me. I do remember you. I do remember you. You were you were in uh, high stress mode the last time we talked. Was I? Yeah. I made a fool out of myself. I know that. Well, no. Yeah, no, I did. No, no. But you know, I think that there's something about you being out in the world where you know it takes real courage to do and say a lot of the things you've done, and and to also uh, write these these books and to uh, sort of come to terms with uh, what it is that makes one happy, what we need to be happy, how we substitute so many things in our lives, whether it's drugs or sex or rock and roll or food or drink or whatever it may be, that kind of fill us up instead of trying to accept who we are. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you wrote a whole book about it. Well, I wrote a book about how you fall down and get back up. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, so okay, so getting to happy. I mean, are you there yourself? I feel pretty good today. Yeah, I got a parking space. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. That is a significant step toward happiness. And then, and then sometimes, do you ever find that you just want to keep that parking space and not move? Just kind of maybe find a place to rent or to buy, to live near your parking spot? Well, I've been trying to figure out if I, if I could walk to Union Square from here without giving it up, yeah. since it's free. Yeah, you can walk from to Union Square from here. Well, I know I can, but I don't know how long that cone is good for. <laughs> oh. But it's okay. It's okay. I'm on a budget. The uh, coming back and visiting these old friends 15 years later. I mean, that's uh, that must have been kind of a hoot. Well, it wasn't intentional, and you know, I've never reread a novel that I've written, and. Um, I had to go back and read Waiting to Exhale, which I didn't really enjoy it, I won't lie. Um, I really didn't. Um, I thought these women were dumb, um, desperate, and I was glad I wasn't one of them. But, you know, I fast-forwarded the film. Um, I had to re I had to get to know them all over again because I hadn't intended to write a sequel. Um, I wanted to write a story about women who were 50 and upwards who may have had to start their lives over, um, reinvent themselves, get used to the be, having an empty nest and all of that. Um, and when I was thinking about it, I thought that 
I, I didn't want to tell one story, so it ended up being four different scenarios, and that's what made me think about waiting to exhale. But um, these women are grown up, for yeah. real. But also the way they communicate has changed. I mean, they're always texting, emailing. One of them is constantly sending jokes that the other people are just erasing. They're not even bothering to read. Well, I think they are stupid jokes. I had to look up a lot of jokes <laughs> and was only able to use one in the book, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, and plus, I, don't, I never remember jokes. Was that the Wong joke? Yeah. 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 We, no, I, yeah, I read that joke. It was... Uh, I can understand. I it was funny. I really did. And then I had to write a, a bad poem. Yeah. And I have read the bad poem in front of an audience. And some of them, you know, I had to do like that to make sure they knew it was supposed to be bad, because some of them didn't get it. Well, it was, that's, the, that's the poem that comes through sort of the dating site, Ooh. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've never, I had to, I had to, I went, I had to make up characters and go online to see what it was like to to try online dating and um, my sister lives in Arizona and I asked her if I could use her picture and then I realized the novel is set in Arizona in Phoenix and she lives there and maybe this wouldn't be such a good idea yeah. if they start saying hey Robin and it's right. my sister Vicky so, um, but it was fun just lying <laughs> and making up things. Uh, I mean, and I couldn't believe how many hits this woman got. I didn't even put a picture on. I didn't put my sister's picture. And I said, boy, these people are desperate. Yeah. You know, they believed everything. I mean, I just made up a salary, a career, how good she looked. Oh, it was unbelievable. And I did it on three different sites. She got a lot of hits. <laughs> Did you ever follow any of them up as research? No, because I, you know, I was making it up as it was, yeah. and you know, I didn't want to play with anybody's heart. Yeah. Well, too much. <laughs> but some of the things that these people wrote, I mean, these guys, I thought, oh, no wonder you're doing this. <laughs> some of them couldn't even spell, you know? Um, I, I, I had a good time yeah. until they started billing me. Oh. You know, they tell you the first 30 days or whatever is free. Yeah. That's not true. Well, that, is that because you didn't cancel before the 30 days? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, but I got billed. My credit card was getting billed monthly. Yeah. yeah. My accountant said, Terry, what's up? Yeah. Did you meet anybody? <laughs> you know? <laughs> no. One of the uh, one of the uh, the characters in in here, her her, uh, her husband works a lot with with wood, and you have you have kind of a very lovely um, uh, description of what it is to work with wood that did not really appeal to her. You know that that her husband is a is a carpenter and and. Uh, well, he he thought more of wood than he did of her. Yeah. yeah. He thought it was beautiful, and that he couldn't he doesn't understand how people. Um, take advantage of it and don't respect and appreciate its beauty. And she said, gee whiz, she remembers when he used to feel that way about her. But now it's just wood, decks and gazebos and playhouses. And that's more fun than, uh, than his partner. The, this seems to be sort of a, of a theme. A lot of these women have got difficulty in the relationships where they're no longer appreciated, and particularly as they're aging. 
they feel that uh, compared to a man who ages, uh, they're not doing quite so well. Well, I don't know. I think that wrinkles on men seem to be sexy. Wrinkles on women seem to make us look older, and I don't understand that. I disagree with it, but um, I don't know. <laughs> I think these women are just a little more, more conscientious about how they look naked. Um, you know, it really angers me that men don't have cellulite. <laughs> I'm not making, I mean, for real. I think God was not being just. You know, they should have cellulite. But don't women end up living longer than men, generally? Men lower the likelihood of us living longer. <laughs> At least in my case. No, I take that back. No, I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought that you were sort of okay. I mean, you had that that bit with uh, with your uh, former husband that was kind of rough and. We're and friends now. You're friends. We're friends. Yeah, it was his birthday yesterday, and uh, he sent me a text, and I said, "You don't need to." It was a gift wrap. You don't need to remind me. I know it's your birthday. You know, finally, you're you're out of pampers. <laughs> I know he was a younger man. I didn't realize he was that, that much younger. What is, what is a blockbuster party? Oh. Where, well, in this book. In this book. Where the women basically watch bootleg movies. And it's illegal. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm writing a screenplay for it, and we couldn't put that in. Oh, really? No. I'd get in a lot of trouble. But in a book, it was okay to describe that kind of experience. But a lot of people do. You know, I've gotten some, my share of bootleg movies, $10. Where, where the people aren't standing up and walking across, um, and babies don't cry, and all that. It's common. Yeah, where do you get those? You have to go to the black neighborhood. <laughs> and they're just like on the street corner? No, beauty shops. Barber shops. One of your characters... Uh, In New York, they're on the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen them on blankets. Those like you don't buy. You don't buy those. Yeah. But now times have changed. Now everything is in high definition. It used to didn't be that way. Um, you can get three for 20. A bootleg movies? The same week it's out. No wonder the people get upset at, you know, when you're on the screenplay writing end of things. Yeah, because I put a movie in my book um, 20th Century Fox is doing a screen, is doing the movie version of this book, and it wasn't a 20th Century Fox film, and I didn't think they should be worried about that, but I can't use it in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was at a movie last night, and I, there was a guy sort of sitting in front, and I thought, is he, does he have a camera? Is he making a movie of that thing? No, no, I'm serious. It was this odd little shape, and and then I realized it was a it was a little kind of a chicken kebab he was eating, but it was just something the way it was, you know, in the light, it looked that way. I was... I went and saw Undercover yesterday. Yeah? With all my friends who are all senior citizens. You're uh, not a senior citizen. 59. That's not a senior Ooh. citizen. 
Yes, it is. People are saying, wow, she doesn't look 59. Bobby Brown makeup. <laughs> and a hat. <laughs> and all this stuff. You know. Um, layers. Things layers. draping. I mean, you, you, there are some scenes in here where you describe women showing up on a... On an, uh, you to read meet this a book? I did. Wow, thank you. That's very nice. <laughs> I remember your shoes. I remember your shoes. I like them, and I love the socks. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I do too. It's a uh, there's there's something about you know where you f it's nice to feel comfortable in your clothes that you like. For some reason, I'm drawn to purple nowadays. I like wearing purple. I don't know why. It's just a physical thing. I'm on purple. Well, oh, is that these shirt trousers, purple? These trousers, kind of a navy. Those, those are grape. A grape. <laughs> So, so uh, this woman, uh, one, of your, one of your characters shows up and, and she's meeting a, a surgeon who happens to be almost too good to be true. You know, he yeah. sort of, uh, you know, goes off and helps the downtrodden in the world. Uh, but, but you describe her sort of preparation. She's feeling sort of comfortable with herself, but she's kind of draped herself in clothing in a certain way to kind of hide her shape. Well, yeah. She's, she's overweight and she wants to put her best foot forward. Um, basically what it really boils down to is it's a blind date. And, you know, her boss who is Norwegian or something, um, her husband is the one who suggested she meet this guy. And so she thinks he's going to be a nerd because he went to Columbia Medical School and all that and he's black and she's like, how interesting could he be? You know? Um, and then she realized, so she tries to cover up everything so that he won't look, he won't notice her physically. Um, and he comments on her clothes, um, which was very nice. A lot of men don't comment on your clothing. They don't say you look nice or that's a pretty dress or where'd you get those shoes or <laughs> you know, they don't, they don't acknowledge it. And so she was trying to deflect. She didn't want him to pay much attention to that, but he did. But of course, he was a fantasy. So I write. Yeah. Make them up. <laughs> when you were making these characters up and making up these families and ne'er-do-well daughters and daughters-in-law and so forth, I mean, was, there, uh, was there a time where you just thought, wow, what can I have her do next that's really outrageous? I mean, did you? I mean, you, I got the sense that you really enjoyed writing this book. Well, yeah. <laughs> I enjoy I enjoy writing every book. I've only written seven, though. Yeah. Um, but you know, some some writers say, "Oh my God, it was so hard. I struggled. I you know, I worked. You know, I worked. I tore up manuscripts. You know, I I burned them. I, you know, I sweated. I worked. You know, I you know, forty forty two hours on one sentence." I call that literary masturbation. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not going that far. I, I write about people that I really care about and that um, I find fascinating. And I give them all of my weaknesses and uh, idiosyncrasies and, and a lot of my issues. And I have enough for a lot of books. <laughs> um, but no, I, I sort of lose myself in my characters. Do you keep a notebook, a journal, of your, uh, of your thoughts and your ideas? No. Those, they're boring. No, I, I, I like to give my characters, I mean, I, they're flawed. Everybody's flawed. And so I make sure that whatever it is that they're 
resisting, I make them face it. I don't care what it is because that's sort of what we end up doing in real life. The things that we don't want to face are the things we have to face. And so we can either avoid them, which prolongs the obvious, or we can deal with it. And so I make them deal with it um, because I don't like to write about passive characters who just sit back and let things happen to them. Um, things happen to them, but um, they're victimized, but they're not victims. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, one of the one of the really uh, sort of fonts of wisdom in this is is one of the characters' mothers, and there's a phone conversation at the time of divorce, and you, and and she has this interesting way of using language, <laughs> where she gets the words almost right, but nevertheless, behind them, you know, there's there's wisdom. Her mother. Well, that's how I read it. She suggests that her daughter watch Dr. Phil. Yeah, but she was also trying to sort of help her daughter straighten out her life a little bit. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't know. You thought she was more of a buffoon? In a way. All right, okay. <laughs> no, her, her mother doesn't really empathize with her. And she's, I think she, she thinks that she should stick with her husband even though she's, her daughter is bored to death with her husband, and she's interested in taking a chance on herself at 51, and her mother says, you know, you don't know what it's like out here. And I'm, I don't know how old she is, 72 or something. Um, but her daughter's like, you know, I'll take my chances. I'd rather be by myself bored than be with somebody else and bored. What are you, uh, what are you uh, doing to this uh, book uh, to make it the screenplay? How do you, how do you, uh, I mean, this is a, uh, you know, a script, a screenplay is, a, you know, 150 pages. I mean, you got to trim it way down. 120, 120. I'm making up more new lies. <laughs> it's fun. Um, I have a right. But you have a good ear for dialogue. Well, I try to listen at how people talk. It's not hard to do. It really isn't that hard to do. Um, people reveal a lot when they open their mouths. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> you'll, you'll go out, you'll go out love, to somebody with dinner and they will be silent the entire meal. I love Lemony Snicket. I really did. I used to, I have his books at home. My son, who's now 26, when he was little. I, I'm going to buy these 13 words. I just had to, I have to say this, I had to um, come up with books that for uh, New York Magazine that they thought were like off the wall. And, um, you know, they didn't say I had to have read them. <laughs> they were just off the wall. You saw one on the shelf, and you took it off the wall. And, there and when I thought of his 13 words, I, you know, one of them was, uh, and these, most of them are books from England, and they are real books. And they have odd titles. And one of them was Life and Love in, the, in an Aquarium. And another one was called what to say when you talk to yourself. <laughs> Isn't that a great title? That is a great title. This is a, this is a book published in England you found somewhere. Yes, and a hundred things to make out of pantyhose. <laughs> it is a kind of a, a do-it-yourself culture there. I have to... How to knit with dog hair. Oh! Better someone that you know, a dog, better someone, someone... In, that you know 
as opposed to a sheep you've never met. <laughs> Something like that. This is, these are real books. I can see Mike nodding his head there. Yeah, especially the sheep part. I was brought up in the country, yeah. yeah. Oh. You had to have big enough Wellingtons, you know. Yeah, right. And, um, yeah, I mean, why would you want to wear clothing from a sheep you don't know? I mean, obviously. Or, you know, fleece, for that matter, from a bottle that you've never met before it was recycled. I mean, truly. I just want to know what's in a book. And I'm going to Google it. Um what to say when you talk to yourself. I'm dying to know that. Will you let us know next time you're on? Yes. And, yes. and those earrings, they're fantastic. They're these beautiful silver loops. Do you know the designer? No, but I got them in St. Helena. They were too much. You can Mike, Mike lives in St. Helena. He knows about too much. I'm serious. They're overpriced. Yeah. <laughs> we have Terry to- McMillan. <laughs> Her book is right there in the, uh, in the price range of all fine books. The sequel to Waiting to Exhale, Getting to Happy. Thank you again. You look terrific. Thank you. This is Edge Thompson. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Try out others from West Coast Live right here, and we look forward to having you in one of our audiences one day. For more information, wcl.org.